With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Julio Rodriguez, and this is the Lookout Landing podcast. Not ideal. The hotter the temperature, the hotter the takes. <laughs> I'm just saying, we've recorded in multiple bars. I know, and people have complained about them, so... editor of Lookout Landing, and I am joined today again by my co-host, John Troopin. John! Good day. How you doing? Oh, I see we're, <laughs> we're getting to the London series a little early. Really, really Except just an, it, like, uh, an accidental instinctive uh, move. But also a little bit like Australia, like I'm concerned now Australia. that you are not exactly sure what a British accent should sound well, like. Well, that was weird too, because it was British slash Australian playing in <laughs> yeah. your normal voice. Yes. <laughs> I kind of well, like the like, idea of that. I've, I have been mistaken for being from Texas sure. by many people just well, because. Well, you are I, big. Well, I'm. I guess like I'm gravel, big. Yeah. But I also yeah. I like when and I bearded. Well, my okay. Now again, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure getting heartful. I. Uh, but like my instinctive greeting when someone like says like hello is to say like howdy or something like that, which okay, is like yeah. no other. But like that's not. There's no other affect beyond that. So I, I don't know. I think the initial affect. Regular voice, people people read into it too much. John says this as he takes off his cowboy hat. <laughs> I did. And then, I did wear a cowboy hat outside like this week. I mean, we've all got to do what we got to do to stay shaded. Speaking of shade, we oh. have Matthew Robertson. Wow, here with us today. what an intro! I love that. 
I love all of these little pockets that I can uh, that I can fill here on the internet. Yeah, you are you are sort of the master of the uh, very subtle put down, which we were talking about right. a little earlier with um, the absolutely banging British expression. Would you look at the state of that? Yeah, the absolute, the absolute state, of state of it. Yeah. yeah, which is I think the most devastating thing anyone could ever possibly say yeah. i read some tweet where a woman said that like as she was walking past on the bus someone had whispered to another friend like she was kind of disheveled and you know oh would you look at the absolute state <laughs> and i just i would immediately like just poof into the other i yeah. cannot imagine a worse there's something about like a well worded like almost posh sounding insults like yeah. that that really really takes it to another level like you can say all the obscenities you want but if you have like a nice affectation on it it hurts a lot more yeah like a, being being told you're trash by somebody who's also trash right and i can say this because of my vast experience on the internet sure doesn't hurt so much as uh, being told you're trash by somebody with a with a posh accent exactly yeah uh, so speaking of that, we will get to some talk about the London series. Yeah. Uh, we're going to catch up with like where the Mariners are right now because it's been a while since we have convened. We know you have questions about the trade deadline uh, and and other such such and the like. So uh, what do you think? Should we kick it off kind of like we're at the end of June? Should we do like kind of a June in review? Yeah, I think I saw that we're past the halfway point in terms of games played. So yeah, we kind of have sure. an idea of what these players are. Unless someone goes on a complete tear or falls off a cliff, the numbers are probably somewhat similar to how they're going to end up, which is exciting in some cases and a little depressing in other cases. Yeah, it's, it's for the good and for the bad. Like Tim Beckham, not going to be a trade chip, probably, unfortunately. Yeah, like after his kind of hot start to the season. I think we're going to see Tim Beckham playing, like, right field in September, and no one's going to, like, think twice about it. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess Tim Beckham can do that, I guess. Like, let's let him try it. Yeah, I mean, situations. they're already moving him all over the infield. They've put him at third. They've put him at second base. They've put him at... Uh, I, I was, put him at second base. I was at a game yeah, in person there. against the Baltimore Orioles where he played first base, yep. and I was like, this is why a lot of people don't like baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this makes sense to me now. Like, none of this is enjoyable to watch for anyone no and i mean the mariners have played some uh, they have not played abjectly terrible baseball no. is one thing i will say like on that was may, may that may was, was may. a 250 winning percentage so uh unlike may they have not played abjectly bad baseball yeah, 429 yeah they've just played bad yeah, poor, poor baseball. we can live with a 429 although yeah, it would be like better D if they were worse baseball yeah, so that's something that I want to get to as well into looking at, um, you know, draft positioning and things like that because Larry Stone had an article in the Times the other day, I don't know if you saw it, about um, how you should root for wins and not root for draft picks. And I I take a slightly different tack on that. I'll, obviously, I think anyone who's been listening to the podcast for a while knows that, but I do want to get into that. But back to the, like, slightly bad but not completely unwatchable baseball yeah uh, it's too bad because i think that may was such a sharp downturn from how fun they had been in march and april and then may was just i was just an, an absolute crash car crash plane crash universe crash um i think it just a lot of people just turned their tvs off and yeah. not come back and seen like 
the kind of fun developments that we're seeing. Right. It was like, have you ever had the situation where you can't quite figure out why someone likes you as much as they do? And then you start to like kind I have of never had a them. problem with someone liking me too much. <laughs> right. For sure. This is also just a back, Not relatable this is a backhanded flex for me, I guess. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It happened like in school, I feel like it would happen like elementary school, middle school, like people try to glom onto you and you're like, no, I don't. And especially when it's like, I haven't given you any reason mm-hmm. to like me. And now all of a sudden you want to be best friends. I feel like the Mariners were getting that vibe from their fans and were like, Oh, you want to buy into this season? That's going to suck. We're going to show you why you absolutely make this shouldn't do that. Demonstrably clear. Yeah. It's like the, the baseball version of like running around the playground and telling everyone how much that other person sucks. Like, oh, they tried to be my friend, but I'm going to start spreading lies about them. That's the Mariners, but they're doing it to themselves. I am very glad I didn't know you in grade school because oh, you yeah. sound like a monster. Frankly. Well, when you're this well liked, they well-liked, just Kate. wanted to give you your fr- <laughs> their friendship, Matthew. Well, Jeez. there was there's a lot of layers there. Quick story: there was this kid who we were playing kickball one day, and he tried to tell everyone that he was in the kickball Olympics, which are not a it's not a thing. Oh, know? he was definitely lying. He was lying, but he was lying. He, Oh. It was the lie to try to make himself seem cooler, and it, we all saw right through it. In fairness, oh. a victimless lie. A victimless <laughs> lie. Uh, this one was. But I got really mad as someone who, you know, cares a, a about the sanctity of, of sports. Though. Exactly. Yeah, I'm all about truth and preserving the Olympics, which are, you know, a yeah. bastion of... You know, athletic achievement. Meanwhile, and if this anyone kid, was going to the kickball Olympics, let's be clear, it would have been you. I know. I was a little upset. I was like, "Where was my call? <laughs> Where's I think, my I've seen your kickball. It's <laughs> not good." Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, it's that. It's that sort of story. So you destroyed his like. We life? got in a physical what? fight. <laughs> oh, is what happened. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was so mad that he was continuing this lie that I had to had to throw the hands. At did Kristen he? McCullough. Did he end up? Uh, admitting copying to his I don't remember that's the funny part of these little skirmishes yes. as a youth you don't remember usually either what it was about yeah. or how it ended but yeah. I remember hitting him for sure for, uh, for sure for sure um <laughs> I would maybe liken it to like a romantic comedy where mm. the protagonist find no finds themselves unlikable and is like always trying to push away love and they gotta focus on their career, which is always <laughs> if it's the woman, it's always they work at a magazine or a media company. Okay. Every rom com. That is true. They're always like a copy editor who's like literally drowning in like manuscripts at their mm-hmm. desk, and then the boss comes in and they're like spilling coffee on their computer. Yes, we've all we've all seen this movie. So the Mariners are are, are put upon young executive who's just trying yes. to make their way up in the world. Um Unfortunately, that does mean we're we're still in like maybe the act two of mm-hmm. that movie where like the the protagonist is still fairly unlikable or unreachable, um, and that means that people are missing out on some of the really fun aspects of this season. Right. Uh, let's talk about that. Like, I have three big names in my head as far as like what the most fun is in tuning in to the games every Mike night. Mike Wright Jr. Yes. He's in a coma. No, he is not. What is his oh, name? Matt Caracidi? No. Oh, yeah. yeah, actually Matt 
Matt Caracidi might be fun. Matt Caracidi randomly was, throws 97. Yeah. That was legitimately, like, I know people joke about this. That was legitimately the first I've never heard of this guy of the season for mm, me. You guys yeah. might have had no. him on your radar. No, no. I, yeah. He didn't even have, like, any time in Tacoma. He was right. Kind yeah. of like, they were like, whoosh, like yeah. produced yeah. him out of their sleeve yeah. or something. I, I remember I had a, like, pop up for like you've clear you've looked at this link before for his fangraphs page which means that at some point i at put him into the links but it. absolutely yeah. i did not remember it yeah so uh sorry who are, who the, are the actual yeah. three names <laughs> who are the actual three names who do you think they are bogey obviously jp crawford death and austin adams ding ding yeah. ding we did not talk about this beforehand this was this is true synergy here no too. no I it's mean, not the... holding up carefully curated <laughs> card, no cards austin adams isn't the behind me pointing at himself <laughs> chomping chomping gum uh, let's talk about Austin Adams because I feel like uh, he's been kind of like like relievers do. You know, he's just kind of popped on the scene. And, sure. Uh-huh. And he's had a couple of really high leverage spots that have maybe made him a little stand out a little bit mm-hmm. more. Um, but he is delightful. I think he's delightful. He's a super intense competitor. He honors his mother who passed away every time he gets on the mound by like putting he puts her name in the in the dirt on the mound and then um you know just comes out and throws hellfire mm-hmm. <laughs> um he said there's a great article written by uh Max Madden who is who I knew in his time uh, working PR for the Rainiers and now has moved all the way up to the big club Mm-hmm. He wrote a great piece about Austin Adams being surprised that the Mariners picked him up because he was like, I walk people. The Mariners don't like people who walk people. He mm. has not walked so many people as a Mariner. And it turns out he's like super into the analytics. He says he taught himself to throw, you know, with one of, I don't know about this. You probably know about this. There was a Roger Clemens baseball that taught you grips. Oh, I have yeah. one of those. Yeah. It's got like okay. a bunch of drawing. Right. Yeah, it's a very neat thing. Yeah, so yeah, he wow. taught himself to throw a curveball and a changeup slider. Maybe some two two different breaking pitches with that. And he just kind of like went out to his backyard one day and mastered it. And his dad came home from work and he was like, Dad, look, I can throw these things now. Um, so he's always been really interested in his pitchcraft. Oh, John is John is showing yeah, me. I, I owned one of these. It was very neat. Okay, so yeah. it's got fastball, sort of a four seam, two seam mm-hmm. thing, and then curveball and slider and mm-hmm. different grips. So yeah, he taught himself to throw a curve and a slider off of that, and seems to be uh, working. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the slide, not so much the curve, but the slider is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's a pitch that yeah. needs a nickname. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's. Tony Zick was, for for those of you who recall, had Satan's Frisbee. Yes. And it is a very similar similar pitch. If you I have suggested an idea, the Devil's Toboggan. I, I like that a lot. Uh, although Toboggan's, sort of a... I would say, famously difficult to turn. Mm. Um, as, as someone who rode some toboggans down icy hills and the only strategy for not hitting the tree at the bottom was to leave Bail. the toboggan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. I was looking for like a water slide thing too, like a you That's know good. crazy like Schlitterbahn. Mm-hmm. But then I realized no one knows what the Schlitterbahn is. Yeah. Because I thought Schlitterbad was pretty cool, but no one knows. Schlitterbahn is a very famous uh, water park 
in Texas. Maybe I'm more Texan than you are. Wow. Now. I didn't even know they had water in Texas. Potentially. It's I've like one once. of those so <laughs> serious and scary that people die on them. Oh. I know of the Schlitterbahn, but I don't Interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Austin Adams, the big question is, do they keep him or do they trade him? Right. Because he is of a certain, he's a reliever of a certain age. Yeah, you know, right. He's probably in peak value right now. That's what I was going to say. I don't see him getting any better than this. And yeah. like, he has really no value for this team. Like yeah. there'll be one of these teams that are like, especially in the NL where every team is basically still in it besides yeah. like the Marlins and. The Giants, like one of them will give him a shot. Like every team needs an extra arm who's proven that he can pitch in the big leagues. Like he dominated Christian Yelich, which is quite the twice? Quite the, yeah. yeah, twice. Back to yeah. back. And then, uh, you know, quite a strong outing against the, the Astros as yeah, well. Yeah, he's got at the least of their one strikeout in his last 10 outings. And one of them was a four strikeout outing in two innings against the Orioles. I do remember that. Yeah. I mean, he's just, and he's getting progressively better, I think, right. as the as he's embracing more of these analytics, as they're able to teach him more. Oh my God, Jared Kelnick just made an amazing sliding catch. <laughs> Sorry, must, must make video. Right, I'll um, <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, Austin Adams, he's not going to be a Mariner, unfortunately. Like, there's no reason really to hang on to him, which is a shame because the Mariners, I think, are to be credited with kind of reinventing his career the nationals did not know what to do with him he had great triple a numbers and they just didn't really maximize what he was really good at there the key to team building is just see who the nationals are getting rid of from their bullpen you get rid of nationals or like you get all the nationals bullpen players you get pretty much like all the mets position players and like, yeah, you're you're gonna be in a good way. Like, it is. Yeah, that's the strategy for sure. Yeah. Uh, his, I, I think there's a bunch of teams that you know. I mean, he's he's. It's not like he has this lengthy track record of success, but he's clearly looked so solid. And it's been bizarre yeah. that he wasn't really getting a shot in Washington. Like I right. said, um, there are a lot of teams out there that have rough bullpens. That yes. are clear like contenders. The like the <laughs> Nationals. Like the Nationals. Yeah, yeah. The, Nas- the Nationals are in that. But maybe it would be if they had a decent bullpen. It's true. I mean, yeah, it's, you but, can go down the list. Like yeah. the Red Sox are going to need some bullpen help if they yeah. want to yeah. do anything. The Braves probably could use some, um, even though Anthony Swarzak's been helpful there. But like, <laughs> the Cubs, like, I mean, yeah, there, there are a bunch of teams. The Dodgers have, every postseason feel like they're one reliever short. Like they're yeah. always trying yeah. to find that guy to get to Jansen. Yeah, especially since Joe Kelly has... Not been good. No, um, quite bad. I've heard. Yeah. So they. I mean, they're definitely in a position to. He's probably the only traditional sell piece they have. Um, you know, they might sell D Gordon. They might mm-hmm. sell Mike Lee. But he's the only one who's like actually doing it on merit rather than like this season rather yes. than just like oh he's a guy that you can have. Yeah. The like, teams are gonna want Austin Adams, whereas yeah. D Gordon yes. is like. We know what he can do, but he hasn't shown it in like almost three years. I mean, we've seen some suggestions that maybe someone like Austin Adams would be packaged alongside sure. a Kyle Seager mm-hmm. or a D Gordon to kind of offset their salary yeah. demands. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, which I think is possible. And like again, the more salary you can clear, I don't. So a couple of things here. First of all, I think 
There are a lot of people who like to who are shitting on the Mariners' development because of Cattell Marte's output, and they're seeing uh, Chris Taylor all over again. Sometimes players get better. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean that the Mariners have a broken development system. It doesn't necessarily mean that um, these other teams have amazing ones. Sometimes it's just little shifts that they make. Although the Dodgers have pretty amazing yeah. development and have sunk a lot of money into that. So have the Mariners. And I think, like, you can see with – he's hurt now, but Connor Sadzek, they took him from the Rangers. They made him useful. They changed up how he pitched. Mm-hmm. They had him pitch slider first. They've done sort of the same thing with Adams. They're working with, uh, I think, a slightly better repertoire with him. The slider sure. is a little yeah. bit better. It's a little sharper. Um, but that's a huge developmental win for them. They've taken, they've identified someone who they thought would flourish in their system – they brought him in. They made these changes. Now they have a useful piece out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the I think the the uh, the other point with Marte is like you know he's twenty two when they traded him. Yeah. I mean, guys he's are twenty two get better. You know, coming and, into his man strength. Yeah. Um, and I don't think anyone necessarily would have expected he would become this guy. Certainly, no one expected Chris Taylor to become and, that right, guy. Just real quick, you know. It's important to remember too that when they traded Cattell to get Gene Segura, they were trying to compete at that exact yeah. moment. They can. They, yeah. I mean, they didn't want to wait for Cattell to get better. Right. They said we could make yeah. a playoff. Gene Segura and, was an immediate upgrade. Exactly, on. and Gene Segura was really good. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and, and so was now Mitch. they've turned Gene Segura into JP Crawford, who like maybe indeed maybe deserves a little bit of uh maybe we should shower him with a little bit of praise if we're moving on from austin adams jp if you're listening this is totally forgot it this is the part where we eliminate any doubt about you that we all probably had (laughs) several months ago maybe even weeks ago yeah all right so let's let's just like completely being honest uh when Crawford came in, I was like, oh, no, this is another, this is like, and I had the same doubts about Sheffield, which unfortunately have kind of borne out to be true. Right. I'm like, the Yankees don't give up anything good. Um, John and I both wanted, well, it was mostly John, and then he made me want him to, Davey Florido in Davey that Garcia. trade. Davey Garcia, sorry. Davey Florido is ours. We do have, unfortunately. Yes. Well, not well, unfortunately. Not, unfortunately but just not as exciting as Davey Garcia. Um... But we were we were excited about Davy Garcia, who's still at a pretty low level, and like this, and now he's now like a, a superstar. Yeah, yeah, he's just broken out. He sure. probably wasn't on the table. Uh, I saw JP Crawford in kind of a similar light. Like, uh, you know, here's a guy who's been his star has like maybe set somewhat. Yeah, he's, it's weird when you have a prospect who's gotten worse. That's usually not a good place to be. I mean, it happens. It happens to a lot of them. Um, and so, again, Seattle is rolling the dice. It's the same thing they did with the Sheffield trade. They bet that they were going to be better at pitching development than the Yankees, which is a bold take, sir. Yeah. Um, Although the Mariners, I will say, we were just kind of shitting on their player development a little bit. They're good with pitchers, I think. At least this regime has shown Edwin Diaz, you know, the relievers you mentioned, yeah. Sadzak, and uh, the new guy, Austin Adams. Like, Marco has made improvements, so... Mm-hmm. If you gotta give them any credit in player development, I would say it's in pitching. But yeah, I mean, turning Paxton into Paxton, his right. best self, getting something out of Wade LeBlanc, like yeah, it, yeah, is, exactly. it is something they've done. Rowanis is a useful piece. Yeah, um, but JP was a surprise. It, you, you you could see, 
you could squint and see like, well, he'd been a fine player in the major so far, mm-hmm. and like he's gotten inconsistent work, and he'd had a couple of sort injuries. of little injuries, yeah. or not even little injuries, but injuries that sort of interrupted his flow. Sure, it was still really difficult to see him as a guy who could come in and produce at the level Gene Segura would, considering Gene Segura had been really good, was still pretty young, and was under contract for three more years, I yeah, believe. Yeah, he was on, yeah, he was on a good You know, deal. and not, not a bad contract, exactly. So it was, you know, it was one of those trades where it was like, this, you know, even if it's cheaper, and theoretically that money goes to someone else who can help make the team better, it's hard to love it. And doubly so when Crawford's had, you know, this huge amount of hype for him for a while, and then that kind of fizzled, yeah, uh, uh, you know, a, a little bit. And and mm-hmm. it has been awesome to yeah. see him and to watch him this year. I mean, for for all of that concern, and I, I think there was a lot of prospect hype for him because he was with the Phillies, so. In a major market nearby, a lot of people, top 10 pick, you know, clear, like, top 10 prospect in baseball for multiple years. Like, this was a guy that was a, not a household name in baseball, but, like, if you were heavy into baseball and at all into prospects, you right. knew J.P. Crawford since, like, 2013. That's my bar. I'm famously not a huge prospect guy, but if I've heard their name, that's <laughs> yeah. usually that's, a good That's sign. a big deal prospect. And I knew who J.P. Yeah. Crawford was. Yeah. I mean, Carl Crawford's cousin. So, sure. like, related to a legit star player. Yeah, like, I loved Carl Crawford. Yeah. I mean, it was a... It, there was a lot, and... It, it was especially, I think, worrying when they were immediately going to put him in Tacoma that this guy who, you know, had every reason to think, oh, I'll just be the starting shortstop yeah. for this dog shit team right. that is intentionally not trying to win. Oh, you're just going to put me in AAA? Oh, you're again? just going to play Tim Beckham yeah. every day? <laughs> yeah. Let me sit back and watch how that goes for you. Yeah. And he's. I mean, he's done, you know, it's such a cliche, but, like, he's done everything right. Like, he went and worked on his defense. He adjusted his swing. He's, you know, he's adjusted his stance. Yeah. Like, all of these little factors are, have improved, and it's all coming together in this amazing way that makes it exciting to watch the Mariners, at least. Once a, once every nine hitter. It felt less gross too that he was in AAA for actual reasons rather than just purely service time ones. Yeah. Like he did need to work on his defense. Yes. He did have some some things with his swing that weren't yeah. great, especially if you're gonna play him at shortstop every day for the yeah. next five years or whatever. Yeah. Um, but he's doing yeah he's doing a lot of things that I really yeah. like. Two in particular. I mean it's still relatively early. He's got. At the time we're recording this, 142 plate appearances. But he's got a double-digit walk rate, and he's hitting the ball to all fields, which is a great sign for someone who's still 24 years old yeah. and like in a new and a system. Lefty. And a lefty, yeah. Because they're shifting him, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Like They already decided, we're well, going to give really, you the five-hole. He was really pull-heavy last year. Yeah. And the last few years in the minors, after like initially when he was coming up, he was a spray guy. And one of the things he talked about was... That he developed a like pull tendency when he would try and essentially hit the shit out of the ball right. and yank it, and he'd pull his head a little bit, and he would roll over a lot, and he'd still hit the ball hard because he was really talented. But now he he said he's essentially gotten he's he when he does that every once in a while he catches himself because he knows like 
he can do so much more if he's in it everywhere. One oh. of the biggest differences I've seen with him in batting is the way he watches the ball in mm-hmm. now. Like you were saying about him moving his head. Like mm-hmm. You look at film from him now versus you know a year ago, whatever. Uh, you can really see that difference. And it's the same thing that Mitch Haniger is really good at. Mm-hmm. Mitch Haniger is excellent at keeping his head still. And I feel mm-hmm. like that might be a Tim Laker thing because Hopefully. Laker worked with Haniger. You know, it's something that I think you're starting to see more of the players yeah. do. And and that's, especially with Haniger, is a, a neat point because, and this is fairly nitty-gritty, especially for an audio medium, but when you watch Haniger take his swing, he has a lot of body movement. But his head doesn't move. Like, he's got a big old leg kick that helps Mm -hmm. him get power. But his head is locked at the same level. It doesn't, like, move a ton. Yeah, he's got a lot of hip torque, too. He just kind of rings himself out like a dish rag. Yeah, like, like to the point where he'll roll over his ankles a lot. To, like, to a point where it's like, I get worried that he's going to slowly just destroy himself like that. With the hip torque thing, like, now he's got, you know, in that region of his body, he has (laughs) a severe injury. That's true. And they keep saying, like, Mitch, you're going too hard. Yeah. All the reports have been, like, Mitch needs to ease into this. And you're kind of like... Well, why is that? And then you yeah. think about the motion of a baseball swing and the effect yeah. that would probably have on your lower half. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. Like, Mitch, there's no reason to, no. to rush there's, back. There's nothing that for you to save in this season. Literally, like, yeah, exactly. You can just wear a suit for every game and sit in the dugout like an <laughs> NBA player, and I'd be fine with that. Just serve looks all season. Jawan Hanager. I would love to see Mitch Hanager serve, serve some looks. I think that would be really fun. Yeah, it'd be interesting if... That actually, I would love to see that. If baseball players who were injured, instead of wearing the mm-hmm. like team pullover, got to wear their street clothes like you do in the NBA, yeah. you'd see a lot of terrible outfits because oh, yeah. baseball players are not well-dressed. And yeah. there'd be a lot of really baggy sweatpants. And camo. Camo, for sure, yeah. A hat of like a company that makes baseball apparel. Yeah, or like one of those... like. Semi mesh hats uh-huh. uh, with the like rectangular logo, the three quarter t shirt, yeah. all of that. Yeah, um, I remember what the other point I wanted to make was, which was in the idea of trading off D. Warden as well or Kyle Seeger, like packaging them with someone mm-hmm. who Leak and- is younger. Yeah, leaks packaging someone who is cost controlled and affordable. Um, you have to believe that they are clearing salary in order to do things, mm-hmm. whether that's to extend a young player like J.P. Crawford, whether mm-hmm. that is to go out and buy some pitching because, oh, my God, the pitching. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like that is the biggest leap of faith that's required right now for Mariners yes. fans. It's not just – it's not can they develop these guys because I think, like – if you're really paying attention to the system up and down the levels, you're seeing development that's happening. I believe in their ability to develop players. I do question how much, just because we don't know this, I question how much financial flexibility is a thing and how much of it is, is trying to save money on a team that you know hasn't been very good and hasn't made great return great returns. Right. I mean, it is. I'm heavily air quoting that in case you can't <laughs> can't tell. I'm not concerned about money going into yeah. John Stanton's pocket. Let's be clear yeah. about that. I I think that that's the big question mark for me. And and to some degree, I think that like no, the Mariners have not spent as much as I think that I would like them to because you know there was a I mean there was a there was a big story 
from, I think it was a two-part story with John Stanton interviews mm-hmm. in the Seattle Times. And one of the things he talked about was how much he hates losing and all this stuff. And, and it was a little bit, you know, I mean, I'm sure he does. And I, and I believe... Can you imagine if he was like, one thing I love, losing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got this rich, a lot of L's. Um, no, but uh, it's it's it was a little bit tough to take some of it just because... Especially like the 2016 and the 2018, not not as much as 2018, but especially the 2016 teams. Like those teams were, I mean, even the 2017 team, which I think ended up closer to a playoff spot than the 2018 team, despite the record difference. Like those teams were a pitcher or two away. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been like, Clayton Kershaw, it would have been like, you know, an, av- really nice. an average pitcher or yeah. two. Would have been away. nice to have someone from in the system at Ex- that time, who exactly. was ready to play and exactly. contribute to a winning team. And and it's you know, it, there's you know, we're not going to be able to relitigate all of that, but the, I I believe in their willingness to spend to the amount of payroll that they were spending the last three years, I and agree. I think that that is. A payroll level that you can win the division and you can win the champion, a win the championship at if you are good at developing and good at scouting and good at all the other right. parts of baseball. And if they're if they're the right guys that yeah. you're spending the money on, exactly. right? Like, and I mean, it will be. I appreciate trying to trade your way into contending with Drew Smiley, but let's be honest, that was not going to Drew Smiley was well, not going to be delivering you a championship. He was not. No, I don't I don't think he was delivering you a championship. I, I think a healthy Drew Smiley that year <laughs> and you're like right against a, a playoff berth. Exactly. Just because you don't have to do as much shuffling and all that stuff. But that's like that ultimately being what happened was a catastrophic scenario, but it also like the entire rotation was very injury prone and sure. like that is even true. even if they didn't get like even if they had some worst case scenarios a slightly worse a slightly better case scenario still would have been not good enough and it could have been yeah. avoided yeah all of which is to say i believe that they can do a better job spending smartly i worry that the options for them to spend yeah. are not going to be as good because of the way that baseball is currently going and sure. because of how many extensions there have been of young, talented players who otherwise would reach free agency. Yeah. And because, essentially, if we're going to spend that money on extensions, we have to have most of that money go to... Essentially, that means the talent has to be within the system right now. And I don't know, even though there is plenty of good talent and there's more talent that's being uncovered and developed... I don't know if there's enough talent in the system right now to build that 2021-2022 competitor. Sure. So that that's what worries me with financial flexibility is right. when the time comes, even what if they're willing to spend a good amount of it, yeah. is there going to be a smart sp- way to spend it? Yeah. You know, Or is it going to be something like this past offseason where it's like, yeah, I mean, it's a bunch of... You know, mid thirties starting pitchers who all have pretty big red flags. Right. Like, yeah. 
And that's a problem the more guys you see getting locked up at early ages. Um, but, you know, I think it's it's smart to have because why not clear some salary now? Mm-hmm. There's nothing that you're not going anywhere. So no, clear, the sal- yeah. clear the salary now and, like, maybe that way one day you have to buy something and maybe there's something to buy or... Maybe you don't, and there are guys in your system. But in case you have to buy something, you have the resources to do it. Yeah, um, totally. Although the first thing that you want to do is always to be able to develop guys from within your own system. Yeah. Um, let's talk Vogie, and then I want to get on the London series. Sure. Okay. Um, I was going to ask this question. Oh, yes, hit me. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Hit, hit yeah. me with the question. Yeah. Dave Williams at... D. Willie ninety five wants to know which dark horse candidate to be traded. Which dark horse candidate is most likely to be traded? Hanniger, Gonzalez, Vogie, someone else. Oh boy, I don't think those three are going anywhere. They are attached to Mitch Hanniger even before his injury. I think the and time to deal Mitch Hanniger was this offseason. Yeah, I wish they had done it. Yeah, I know that you disagree with me, John. I wish they had done it. Atlanta was willing to pay out the wazoo, and I think that there is not... Prospects are valued more than they ever have been. So if you can get someone to do something stupid, like the Mets did... What up, Brody? (laughs) By the way, I uh, tried to add Brody Van Wegenen on LinkedIn, and he has not added me back (laughs) But he has a LinkedIn page, and like most of his friends are just the other MLB teams. It's like... He's connected with like the Chicago White Sox and the Twins. And, like, that's like half of the people he's connected with. So I'll keep you guys updated, but I do not think he wants any part of me on LinkedIn. That's good to hear. Uh, but anyway, post-injury, it's a, it's a moot point. Um, I don't <laughs> think Vogelback is going anywhere. I don't think... I think he could help a team um, just because he's got a lot of power in that bat. And sure. there are not a ton of those guys out there. Um, but I don't... Think he'll go anywhere? No, I think the Mariners too would understand the the like backlash that would come from trading the one fun player the from one, the season. Yeah. Well, JP Crawford, but right, but you know what? I, like the one that the fans I think are the most attached. Yeah, to people love right him, now. and he is he's like, great. Yeah, he's kind of an integral part. Like his teammates love him. Yeah, and, and the thing he's is, the third longest tenured Mariner. Oh my god! <laughs> after Seager and Felix, after Seager, well, so. Matt Festa, Braden Bishop, and Andrew Moore, uh, and Rowan Elias the more left, entered the yeah. organization sooner. And Elias left. Yeah, Moore but, and Elias left, yeah. and Festa and wow. uh, Braden Bishop were just drafted like a month ahead of him. But Vogie's been on the 40-man roster since July 2016. Only Kyle Seager and Felix have been there longer. Yeah, it was nuts. Here's another thing. Um, people, I mean, a lot of people, rightfully so, get caught up in the dingers because he hits the ball 500 feet when he squares it up but as of right now on uh, Monday night there are 24 players in the American League with a double digit walk rate only two of them are north of 17% and they are Mike Trout and Daniel Vogelbeck yeah. that is Mariners All-Star Daniel Vogelbeck he's walking 17.7% of the time and only striking out 22.4 so put him in the derby for someone yeah he should be in the derby that should be in the derby we've been screaming that all year but for someone who has that kind of power to also control the plate that well. Something that I've noticed actually that I think is kind of funny is that he'll get balls that are strikes. Like the umpires, I think, are trusting his eye his more eye, than their yeah. own now. Which is Trout-ish. I exactly. mean, Trout gets those calls. Yeah. yeah it's, he, and- he also has the neat thing that 
a lot of power hitters don't have, which is part of the chase thing. But, like, he'll swing at a pitch that's up out of the zone sometimes. And that's, I think, usually the way you get him is, like, a high fastball up a little bit out of the zone. Mm -hmm. It is. That's true. He does not chase breaking balls in, like, no. in the dirt. Like, he is unreal at, at avoiding a break. And, like, there have been little interviews with him about, like, he's not, like, a huge... Like, like he'll, he'll watch video, but his big thing is, like, what is this guy's out pitch? Right. And, like, yeah. okay, I'm going to, I guess, memorize what that looks like yeah. and then never swing at it when it's yeah. trying to get me to bite. Like, I it's unbelievable. I think he must have, like, an incredible visual memory. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm almost like that. one of those photographic memories yeah. where he just is able to immediately photograph with his mind what a pitcher looks like when he's about to throw that out pitch uh -huh. and see it and recognize it and be like, which is amazing because it's just another reminder that like um, baseball smarts and regular smarts are very different. Oh, exactly. Uh, I once ran into Vogelback in the clubhouse at the triple uh, in triple A and he was carrying a gigantic stack of boxes and I was like, what are you doing with those boxes? And he was like, these are cards. I have to sign them by tomorrow. And I was like, why would your agent make you sign three gigantic boxes full of cards in 24 hours? And he was like, well, because I was supposed to do it last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, a classic. Are you the kid That's who always awesome. left your homework hilarious. until Sunday evenings? And he was like, when I did it. <laughs> <laughs> That is, is fantastic. I'm picturing, you know that gif of Zach Galifianakis from The Hangover where he's sitting mm -hmm. at the card table and his face is completely stoic but all around him are the numbers and oh, equations? exactly. That's what That's I think exactly of bogey at bat is. Like, he looks so in control <laughs> but in his head he's like, okay, 89 on the black. That means the next one's going to be 95 up and in and at this launch angle I could probably hit it out and like, <laughs> swing here. And it's like, I think he has that exact thing you're talking about where like he's an incredibly smart yeah. He just, baseball player just yeah. enters a baseball fugue state. And, yeah. baseball fugue and one of the things, I mean, we all have, you know, John played baseball for a very long time. Kate has, you know, no. been around baseball long enough. I've, you know, had my, my dalliances around professional athletes. And one of the things that I've learned is that, like, you can talk to them about real life and you'll only get so much. But if you ask a smart question or you, like, breach a topic about their sport that gets them excited, they'll go forever. Yeah. And that's what I think Dan Vogelback is. Absolutely. I think he, he could really talk about hitting forever. And he has, like, taken this big... Um, John, you talked about this a little in your article about him being an all-star. He's taken, like, a mentorship role. Yeah. Towards the younger players. He it's called was, growth. I hope he's is. helping mm -hmm. out Jared Kelnick right now because he is in kind of a tough spot. Wasn't there something about that where... Was it Kelnick who said he, he talked to Vogie? There was some article from earlier this yeah. season where He's, one of the minors guys was in a They slump. roomed together in spring training, I go. believe. Um, and also just generally were have like texted together throughout the, throughout think, the season. You think Vogelbach's an emoji guy? Yes. I think, think so? I think Daniel Vogelbach is an emoji guy. Which ones in particular? Mmm... Like, I, th I think uh, I think he's big on the like explosion emoji. Oh, I like that one. Um, definitely like the the like muscle arm. Yeah, um, a classic uh, from from what I've seen of like athletes who are online a lot and they're using emojis. A classic is that like the guy with the steam coming out of his nose. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. little purple yeah. devil. And I don't think Vogue's yeah. either of those. Yeah, I'm not he sure. He's not angry. No. 
I mean, the, the Steam one is like just did like a just like a PR on my squats. Yeah, like, I think which that's like he we'll probably see the, does. We'll like, see JP Crawford do the steam out of the nose emoji a couple times. I think the same JP Crawford who is stumping for Vogie to get in the home run derby. It was very encouraging to see how they all were. Um, so anyway, to close up this question, we don't really see. Hanover Gonzalez, or I mean, Marco Gonzalez will not be a Mariner over Jerry DePoto's cold, dead body. Well, and he's on the best contract of maybe anyone on the team. Yeah. Marco's like basically interning for the Mariners. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually have a proposal for that because I think, um, not, not of those three, but uh, among the others category. Okay, yes. Uh, yeah. I think Domingo Santana has a good chance yeah, to be I can traded. See that. Um, there are a number of teams that. And, you know, we've seen Domingo be terrible at defense. He's looked significant. You know, he had a really bad throw uh, in Sunday's game that didn't cost them the game because they didn't score more than one run. But still, it was was not great. But he's been, you know, markedly better in right field. And I think he's just probably more comfortable over there. Um, He's a good outfielder. And he's, he's, I think, a worthwhile starting outfielder for a good team. Yeah. And there are teams that are running out crap. Like the Phillies. <laughs> the Phillies, you know, already having gotten Jay Bruce, need another outfielder already yeah. because they have... They lost they Bojubal Herrera. And they Andrew McCutcheon. And they're playing Kingery in center field. Yeah, yeah. which is, is rough. Ideal like, for the Cleveland needs outfield help desperately if they're trying to make the playoffs and, and sort of extend... I that. But, I mean, yeah. their, their whole situation but is But yeah, there rough. are players who could... There are teams who could use a player like Domingo Santana yeah. for and, sure. And he's... I mean, he's this entering kind of, arbitration next year. So, like, he's a, he's a cheap guy who has talent he's 26 like and the Mariners have so many outfielders that they they have the spots to or they have the players to fill in that position in a way they don't really immediately at almost any other position he would be a good one as he's not a rental so he might return a pretty good prospect or you could package him with somebody who has a yucky contract um that Leaks into this question. Sean Collins at Archduke Collins asks, how will the Mariners fit Jake Fraley into the lineup in 2020? You can't start all four of Smith, Fraley, Hanniger, Santana. It's a good point. Fraley, he says again. But Bishop, uh, maybe. Bishop, was... I think, is what he was yeah. doing there. But yes. Uh, trade, question mark? Domingo would seem like the odd man. I mean, Domingo and Malik are the two... That would rise to the top. But Malx is the only one who can play center field other than Bishop. Fraley can can play center. He doesn't really have a great arm, but now that is Malx. I don't think he'd be great in center. I mean, like, Braden's obviously the best. That's what I was going to say. You could also, if you you were in a pinch and, like, somehow contending, like, Mitch Hanniger could play center field. It wouldn't be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you could. Um, I mean, I could play center field. I'm not saying I'd do it well. (laughs) Like, anyone can play center field. (laughs) Theoretically. That's ultimately why... I I mean, they've just set themselves up where they have to make a trade, right? Because, like, either you're moving Domingo to DH or you are trading him. Which is already occupying that spot. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know if in two years... They have a full time DH on their roster, right? Because I real you know, quick they yeah go for Bogey, it. Bogey, by the way, two point one FWAR with pretty much zero defensive value. <laughs> oh yeah, it's all a offense. true DH, yeah. a true DH. Um, I, I stand our DH king. Yeah, um, I mean he's just I I love Domingo Santana, and I think it's been fantastic to watch him play, and it's been really neat to see his offense return to essentially 
the level that it was uh, in 2017, where, you know, I mean, he's on a over 30 home run pace. He's been a, you know, 130 WRC plus guy. He's, you know, just slugging like hell in Safeco, which is not a massive pitcher's park anymore, but he, he's... You mean T-Mobile. Yeah, I do. Drink. <laughs> so yeah, I do uh, so to anyway, do. to kind of Thanks, put, Kazu. A, put, a ca- put a cap on that, um, we think that of Smith, Fraley, Hanniger, Santana, Bishop, um, Santana is the most likely at, for Curry, I so. and I yes. agree with that. Yeah, it's cool, go. Uh, shall we move on? Yeah, I think we have a we have a guest that uh, has, do. Been, has been clamoring to get on the podcast. Uh, now is the time to talk to them. Unfortunately, uh, I'm going to have to go. I have a prior obligation. Oh no! Oh, yeah. miss our guest. I know. Well, there's only so much room in this studio here that I think I've got to I've got to slide out. So if it's what has to be done for the sake of the podcast, I will uh, cede my time. But this has been great. Thank you as always, and uh, hope you enjoy your guest. The last guest was amazing. So this one. Should be just on the same level, I would imagine. Yes. The, the we only bring the best. Was, it's true. It's true. All right. Now we're going to bring in uh, our guest. Um, we, we, obviously the Mariners weren't playing uh, across the pond in London this, this past weekend. Uh, but the Yankees and, and the Red Sox put on really a, quite an entertaining display. So we thought we'd get someone... Uh, with uh, some more first-hand experience. Uh, now, we, we brought our guest over here. Uh, they need no introduction, but uh, our, our friend, could you introduce yourself for us, please? Hello, love. It's British guy. I'm not going to give you my real name. I'm a little worried about sort of the state of things on the internet, so I don't want to sort of reveal too much. But yeah, I'm here. Hello. I've got loads of questions, a uh, lot to learn. And I heard uh, you lot could uh, lend a bit of expertise to the scenario. Absolutely. So, yeah. British guy, uh, as as you'll be known. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, good. Were you were you actually able to make it out to the games? Yeah. Oh, you were. Oh, yeah. fantastic! I was there. Uh, I had a sit. What what was, had had you had been had to a base? Had, had a sit. sit. You had in a the sit. Stadium. So, had you been to a baseball game before? I had not. This was a first time experience for me. What what was your take? What did you think? Uh, I've got so like I said, I've got loads of questions. Hit us. First question: Why? <laughs> why? Why do this? Why is the season so bloody long? Think, oh, well, you were on there for two weeks. Think about this, though. Sincerely, it truly speaks to how long the season is and how relatively insignificant each result is that you can go, you know what I like to do? Let's have a go in England for mm-hmm. no reason, middle of the season. <laughs> like, it's two games, yeah, like, it matters, but if you're going to put the players on a jet, fly them across a bloody ocean, play two games, obviously it doesn't matter that much so i don't understand why is it sort of like are you shackled to the past where we've got to play 300 games per season like why not shorten things a little bit it's true a weekend, give the players more rest a weekend trip to london is is quite a quite a lot of work it's a that's bit a strange isn't it that's a fair point could you imagine the middle of the season manchester united said oh we're gonna have a match in kansas city expand <laughs> the game no they're never gonna do that it's there's, it's not happening mate so I don't understand that. We're going to uproot ourselves and have a proper series in another country. Was it fun? Yeah, I had a great time. But I had a lot of sort of confusion about 
the mechanics of it all. Well, that's very, I mean, that's very empathetic what, what of was, you. What was your question about mechanics? Well, not so much the game, but sort of the oh. game, if you know what I mean. Like, sending the players there in the middle of the season. I don't know. You're just making well, the, the, quotes there. doesn't help. They've, the, got to change, they've got to change time zones. They've got to uproot their lives. They've got to have this whole, you know, the, the pageantry of yeah. it all. You know, I mean, the the idea, the argument from MLB, right, is they're they're trying to grow the game. They've you had, don't want the game. You don't want the game. <laughs> I'm, that's what they don't understand. They were sold out games. But, but what about they were sold out and like apparently it's the, the novelty of it. Love the um, the fans were very excited by the announcement that remember if you catch a ball in the stands you can keep it and take it home well yeah that's a good crack i mean you get a free souvenir i mean i'll go anything that's got a free souvenir but i just i think the other thing was i found myself in a bit of a moral quandary when i was there moral quandary. yeah because i didn't know who to support i did a little bit of research on both sides the yankees and the red Sox. yeah definitely quite a rivalry Right. Well, because from what I understand, neither of these teams are real bastions of morality, <laughs> necessarily. You know, it's like, oh, we've got on this side in the pinstripes, the sort of corporate overlords who want to control each minute hair on their players' beards. No, yes. fuck off. I will say this, though, about the Yankees. I was truly in awe at the size of those lads. To use, <laughs> to use a bit of internet parlance here. Could you imagine Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton as your centre-back pairing on the pitch? If you're playing football, those two are your back line. That team would allow negative goals, isn't it? It's true. Yeah. I, I mean, it is... Uh, Do you know what I mean? You I go mean, have a run at the goal and then you see two pristinely tan, <laughs> six-foot... I don't know what that is in metres. It's big. I know that it's big. It'd be, yeah, quite quite uh, quite tough to get a get a free kick over yeah. those guys on a wall. Yeah, no further advancements from me, thank you. <laughs> um, but then it's like, oh, what have we here on the other side? A team full of bellends from American Ireland. I don't want that either. American Ireland. Surely that can't be good. And on top of it, oh, this is this one really chapped me. They've still got an inferiority complex, despite. Being utterly magnificent for a whole decade. Oh, yes. That's that is true. a very Yeah, what's Boston, going on there? Boston sports. It's a bit like City, the football team, you know? Manchester yeah, City. Absolutely. You get pummeled Blues. for centuries, and then you taste a bit of success, and you're purely insufferable. I don't like it. It's a, it, you know, I mean, we, we tried to send, I, I think they tried to send sort of uh, the best that baseball has to offer, but I, but, you know, I think a lot of it involves, you know, the history that it, that's yeah. tied up in it. You know, yeah, I, mean, I mean, I was thrilled that we could add Yankees-Red Sox to the list of great British rivalries. You know, I mentioned City versus United. Mm-hmm. You've got Blur versus Oasis. Mm-hmm. You've got the people of Britain against dentists. Things like that. <laughs> All of those. Now we've got Yankee-Red Sox sort of in the pantheon, but... How uh, how did it compare? Did you get a chance to see? I, I believe the NFL keeps putting Jaguars. Oh yeah, they won't give us. There. They're trying to make Blake Bortles happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen, mate. Uh, so, Even so did they, did they people at least, recognize the yeah. inferiority of Blake Bortles. Yeah. Did it at That's least, a bad place. Yeah. Did it, it <laughs> did it at least exceed that import? It was better than that, yeah. All right, well, that's a start. Well, also, you know, I keep hearing about this juiced ball, right? Yeah. That was sort of the talk of the town. So that's I'm, so to, believe, I'm yeah. to believe they've injected steroids into the actual baseball. More or less. That can't uh, be real. 
Uh, Anabolic steroids in the baseball. It's because the baseballs are all, as as Rob Manfred wants us to understand, they're made by hand. <laughs> they're made so by they're hand. So they're artisanal. There's something that you should be able to uh, to relate to. It's like a, it's like a, it's a bit of a rough like spun a cloak. Fi- it's like yeah. a fine suit down on the Haight-Ashbury. Yeah. No, wait, that's, that's in San, San Francisco. Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like that place as well. You know. Uh, Savile Row. Savile Row was what I was trying to think of. Course, of course, yes. Yeah, it's, yeah, um, you know, it's, a, it's a fine handmade item that, that occasionally develops uh, some, some slight... Uh, Imperfections. So there's no actual performance-enhancing drugs in the no, ball itself. No, no. they're just, they're just oh, no. slick Blast. and smooth. Did, did, uh, you I seem was, very dejected. Did, did you there, make some strong statements yeah, about yeah, that? Yeah, I might have, yeah. Oh, I no. was there watching everybody lose their minds over the score... My mate goes, oh, this is brilliant. You know, usually it's bugger all for scoring. That's when I lean over and go, well, you know, they've got steroids in the baseball. So I've made an ass of myself and potentially led many people astray. I, I mean, thought, I don't think a... you le- There were like, what, 40 runs scored in that? Yeah. Like, there might have been actual steroids in those baseballs. This French lad on the Yankees, he's the best player in the league, I imagine. Are, are you referring to DJ LeMay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the French lad. Nobody could stop oh. him. He's, he was really something. Uh, were you around the, the fan who caught the ground rule? I was not. I was, I was happy for the lad but i don't know him personally uh he's got to keep it obviously he's got to, you know people are gonna ask him to sell it it's a historic moment i mean dj lemayhew himself is here <laughs> in england hitting balls into the bloody seats um but yeah i mean usually when we have a situation like that it's oh you've got the ball you've got to, you know have a play with it give it to a kid and then immediately they come take it but now you got to keep it have a throw with your son that's how you expand the game they should have given everyone a baseball upon entrance you have a throw in your yard and then suddenly we've got a good player in the league but that's not happened yet has there ever been a british player in in mlb do you know um probably not i would imagine not for a long time i mean a lot of you know the game's about 150 years old so there were a bunch who were born in the u.s or born in britain and then moved and played but i don't i don't know that there's been one in in quite some time yeah um now how did you feel uh how did you feel about london stadium being sort of transformed uh in in the way that it was because it certainly was interesting to see it was a, clearly a very different uh a non-baseball field turned into a, a baseball field yeah was it, that exciting was it unique was it, upsetting? it was exciting for the scoring of it yeah That's true. but it's it's a bit artificial right it's not like it's not the natural state of the game it's like you know actually you know keep bringing it back to football but uh your lot uh new york city FC, they play in Yankee Stadium and they've got to literally shrink the pitch to fit everyone. That's what it felt like mm-hmm. here in London because, I mean, well, see, now I'm in a bit of a crisis because I thought there was literally steroids in the ball, but now I have to unlearn that and understand that it's a bit more. We won't know. This, it's I a don't bit more than that. A... But seeing the ball. No one listens to this. No one in Britain listens to this. No, no one, period. (laughs) Seeing the ball fly halfway to Belfast was exciting. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say anything about that. But it did feel like we were given sort of uh, like the microwaved version of baseball. Kind of a trailer, like a a trailer to the game. Right. That might not deliver. Right, yeah. And they said us. The exciting teams, like, I'm glad we didn't have to see the bloody Orioles or something like that. You know, at least we've got yeah. the cream of the crop, but it wasn't a natural experience. I'll have to come here stateside and see a game for myself. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, should we ask? We have a couple questions. Oh yeah, that maybe you could you could answer. I've got uh, some Aaron Stern. Oh, I know him. Stern. Hello, Aaron. Uh, asks after I'm done with college in Canada, should uh, I stay there and never go back to the U.S.? Aaron, yes, do that. Do not come here. They've got a lot of things that are sort of backwards here in America. They're on the wrong side of the road. They've got bloody awful fashion sense. It's this lad over here is drinking gin with orange juice. I've never seen anything like it. It's gin and juice. Yeah, but it's it's not, <laughs> mate. I don't know how to explain it to you without sort of your American exceptionalism dominating the conversation. It's bad, is what it is. You've got this drink. You've got your little mason jar because you think you're saving the planet or whatever. And then, you know, you put a shitty drink in it. It doesn't matter what you've got in the jar. It's still bad. So, yeah, uh, Aaron, yeah, stay in Canada. They've got a lot of things going for them up there. Uh, it's it's right. good. British Columbia, I've heard, has got lovely parks, a lake or two. Not that you don't got that here, but, I mean, there's a lot of politics that's also involved. Yeah. I won't get into that. I will say, I think our, our, our lovely guest is correct. I do want, just for... Uh, for our legal protection, you do still drive on the same side of the road in Canada, so don't I mean, don't Canada, start yeah. doing don't start doing anything That's different correct. up there. You don't want to be culpable for any sort of road incidents, but yeah, stay in Canada, mate. It's better. Uh, the rest of the questions that I have are, are sort of Mariner specific. Well, I was going to ask you lot some questions. Oh, about hit us. Mariners. Hit us with them. Yeah. Right, so yeah. I don't know a lot. Split the script. I don't box. know a ton about this team, the Manners. I know that they're rubbish, from what I've heard. More or less. I've heard that a lot of players will sort of play for the Manners and then leave and then you get all poid off. Is that correct? Uh, Do you know poid off? Uh, no. Poid off. It's a term. Uh, okay, let's say, um, Johnny, yeah. you're at the pub, right? Yeah. Someone comes up Often. to you. Yeah, someone comes up to you and says, oh, Johnny, you want to come home with me? Have a shag. You say, uh, no, thank you. You've poid them off. Ah. That's, it's sort of a rejection. That's, oh. And that's what a lot of players done to the Manners. I mean, Alex Rodriguez, famous example. Mm-hmm. Uh, others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we only know A-Rod. He came over for some reason. We were like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know about you. <laughs> Is, was, there, was, there, was there any pre... Is, was there any pre-interaction with A-Rod, like, with, with, like, the fame of Madonna or other... Oh, yeah. Of... I mean, we knew who he was, because he's got sort of this whole ego to him. We knew yeah. his, uh, his birds, yeah. I mean, Madonna, Kate Hudson, Jennifer Lopez, but mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about his, his pedigree on the field, and he was quite good. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I did my research before coming here, yeah. and I found out that he was on the Manners, and sure I was. wanted to sort of bring that up. I'll tread lightly, because I know it might be a bit touchy here and there. It's a... It was a it was a tough time. I, there was a I don't think we handled it very well. I don't you know it was it was definitely uh, he left he got a very big contract good for him but we were not necessarily ready to ready to see that. I believe we threw a lot of fake money I when saw, it came back. Yeah, I've seen the video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it was not re- not sure everyone handled themselves very maturely, but right, he's yeah. he seemed to he seemed to find a new new sort of life uh, yeah. at, at this point. Right, the other thing that I've learned, um, so I was, you know, I was on your website there, lookoutlanding.com. Yeah. Uh, it's a proper website, I would mm-hmm. say. Oh, uh, thank you. I learned of a lad, uh, George oh, Kirby. George that's, Kirby. That's a proper British name. He's yeah. got sure. a proper British face. Too, yeah, he's right? got a lot of the old, the old package that we're looking for here. I don't know how he escaped us. So the question then that it led me to is, uh, if that's not the most British name in baseball, it's damn near the top. So I've actually compiled a list of yeah. other British-sounding oh. baseballers. Uh, feel free to contribute your own. The big one that I've gotten when I asked around is uh, this bloke, Whit Merrifield. 
That's a very British it's name. Up there, that is yeah. true. But that, to me, sounds a little more like a place than a person. Like, oh, it's good weather. Let's lay about Whit Merrifield. You know what I mean? It's not so much a... Per- You're not going to name your kid Whit here. I mean... Merrifield, for sure, is British. But Whit? I mean, who's that for? You lot is who it's for. Isn't there a, I mean, maybe like the Wigs? The wig, wig, don't talk wig, about that. No, I don't, I don't want to get into that. I believe it's short for Whitley. Whitley Merrifield. Whitley, yeah. That's his name. Which is not really that. much more sensible. That I mean, that sounds like a third division football club. Uh, probably. <laughs> it's probably Merrifield. in there. You guys would, have a lot I of divisions. Like to point out that it's Merrifield has a brother named Height. H-I-T-E. Height Merrifield? Yeah. That's my teacher. Hi. Hello. Didn't know you. Where's he doing? Is he still... Still educating. Um, no, I, I think he, he played. He also has another brother named Costner. Costner Merrifield. <laughs> what is... There's lots of their rockers. Too many kids, first of all. I've got to stick to two. That's the good amount. Yeah, the, there's only so much room in, in Britain. Okay, so obviously, uh, something you might know, we love the name Colin. It's, everyone's called Colin in England, so... There's two people I found, Colin McHugh and Colin Moran. Which one to you sounds more British? Both of them sound kind of Irish to me. McHugh is, is proper Irish, yeah, but they've got a lot of them who sort but of so is swam Moran. across. Moran is definitely Irish. So which one to you, if I were to I say... I would say Moran. Because I, I think for I guess, sure McHugh would be Irish. Uh, they're I think both I, Irish. They're both I mean, probably. All right, but I, don't, I would not. All right, sorted, sorted. Do you have any, any, uh, any lads you want to contribute to the British... British well, there's Richard Lovelady. Richard Lovelady? <laughs> Richard Lovelady, oh. who's a minor oh. league pitcher. Tell I think more. the Royals. Is oh, so he could, you know, it's theoretically team up with Whit Merrifield and you've got a band. Mm-hmm. Yes, and there's another one whose name is escaping me right now, but I will think of. I've, I've got one, not an active player, now a coach, actually, in the Mariners organization. Oh, born, in, uh, born in the United Kingdom. Oh. Uh, that is Lance Painter. Oh, hello. Uh, real Lance That's Painter. true, he is legit British. He is legitimately not just British. Has a, has a British sounding name. Uh, wow. But uh, if you want to go a little further back, uh, there's a man who, and I don't know literally if you heard this, but there's a, there's a home run we refer to as the shot heard around the world. Oh, yeah. That may be a bit. Uh, American-centric of it, so I, I don't know if this carries. Well, it's got two connotations. It's the baseball and also the war that we gave uh, you. That's true. That we, I think this was, you. this was... Well, I think this was... Uh, it was a proper throne war. We didn't want you anymore. Yeah. They, you know, it, was a, it was a little later that than that. That sounds like but, uh, when people in the South call it the War of Northern Aggression. But okay, continue. I don't know about that. All I know is we were playing... It was it was an away game for us. You know that. Uh, <laughs> I believe uh, Bobby Thompson, yeah. uh, who hit the shot heard around the world... British. Born in Glasgow. Um, Glasgow. Interesting. Have a row with him later. Bobby Thompson. Oh yeah, Glasgow, United Kingdom. Nicknamed the Staten Island Scott. Oh. <laughs> lovely. If you look at this picture here, he's having a, a proper go at this bat. He's giving it a yeah. sort of full embrace. Yeah. As if to Absolutely. say, oh, you're mine, I'm yours. Let's have a go. <laughs> Alright. Uh, yeah, there's baseball. It's not for me, but... You know, I'm glad we got to experience it. I'm glad mm-hmm. you lot had me here on the podcast to discuss your team. Are there any more questions from uh, your loyal trustees? Ah, oh, man. Um, well, I mean, you might not know about this, I'll but what do you best. think about banning the shift? That's a question from at Gizboo. 
Gizbo. Yeah. I had a puppy called Gizbo. Gizbo. Yeah, he's a good, good dog. He's proper dead now, but it doesn't matter. Uh, the shift, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, it's a bit like, you know, you play around with your formation based on the yeah, opponent. Three, yeah, 3 3 Yeah, uh, that's three. one of them, yeah. Got other ones. <laughs> so, of any combination of numbers you could devise, you could play, yeah. you know, 10-1 if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, you know what we should talk about? Yeah. We've got, oh, we've yeah. got actually a, a proper event. Your lot, United Women's team versus yeah. our lot, Lionesses. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yes. That's coming up. Is this going to be out before before the match happens? I think so. It we should be. Well. Tuesday, I believe, in the afternoon. We'll figure it out. But uh, I don't like our chances, the Brits. You've got really? Your, have you seen your ladies? They're a juggernaut. Well, yes, yes. So unstoppable, that lot. I don't know where, what sort of training is happening out here, but it seems like it's a bit nefarious, in my opinion. Oh, nothing nefarious. I mean, it's just, they've, they've been playing the game for a long time. They're gonna, they're very, very they've been playing the game for a long time. <laughs> Do you know where I'm from? <laughs> invented the bloody game. Come on. Uh, it's, they've, uh, got, they've got good football. I have read that the Brits are, uh, they, they think the U.S. women are arrogant. Um, they are arrogant. They, they know that this is, the U.S. women specifically, uh, they, they seem to think that, uh, to invoke sort of a biblical quote, that pride will goeth before the fall. That wow. They, they seem to think that the British women are going to take down the U.S. women because the U.S. women are too cocky. Who wrote that? Who's who's saying these? Things? I mean, that's I believe your your Daily Mail. Is... That's a bit of a tabloid, love. Come on, you don't got to listen to that. Don't put any stock in that. I've heard a lot of people say this idea that uh, the US they're too they're too good, they're too cocky, too cocky, too arrogant. But that's rock and roll. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. You heard the Sex Pistols, the mm-hmm. Ramon, the, all those the bands that came oh, out the, of my I'm generation. Sorry, the Daily Mirror. Daily, Daily Mirror. Mirror. Are um, these American stars too arrogant with a big picture of Alex Morgan and Megan Rapinoe? Do you know what Piers Morgan should do? Look in the Daily Mirror and punch himself right in the face. I hate that bloke. <laughs> yes. He's, he, it's he, hot air coming out of his arse He all says day. he can't wait for the lionesses of England to take down, uh, to pop the over-exaggerated ego of Megan Rapinoe. I can't remember exactly what he said. Can't someone but... to pop him. That's what he needs to do. Uh... Yeah, I mean, we're going to lose. America's, <laughs> America's got it. Like, unless some sort of catastrophe happens, congratulations on yeah. the World Cup. It's quite exciting. Um, that game's at noon noon on Tuesday, so we should have this out. Uh, ideally, this should be going yeah, up Tuesday yeah. morning, so right, you, listener, you should have this so, yeah, if you my available to you. It's, it's a bit sad. I might not be allowed back in. Sort of a reverse Brexit. Uh, I think US... <laughs> Brexit. US 2 nothing. One goal in the first half, one goal in the second half. Ooh. Yeah. And who's, who scores those goals? Well, mm, I like Rapino. She's got a lot of flair. She's got she's got the skill and sort of it's a walk it talk it situation. Do you know you know Migos? We've, we've just discovered Migos. We're very oh, late. But we've got yeah. them. They've got that tune, walk it talk it walk it. Yeah, it's a good shout back. But I think Rapino will do that, and then maybe mm, let's go for Dark Horse. I think it'll be a sub. I think we'll go Mallory Pugh. Oh, That's wow. a proper British name. Say Mallory for me. 
Mallory? Mallory. It's a good name. I like it. Mallory. Mallory. All right. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. And oh, it's my pleasure. You flew me out here. Absolutely. I mean, well, we, yeah, blew, yeah, we blew... We used, uh, we've used our entire podcast. Yeah, we, the lookout I mean, our podcast, we used a year of budget for Lookout Landing <laughs> to yep. buy a plane ticket. Lookout Landing private jet. I've got to go back, too. You have a plan for that. <laughs> Absolutely. My walking. Good. Yeah, certainly. Well, next year, we will... <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to oh, find just, that... There's a box here with some holes punched in no, the box. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to find that Aaron Judge bloke. He'll carry me across the bloody Atlantic on his show. Like a kaiju. That's, I suppose, more Pacific Ocean. Don't know what but, that is. No, no one knows what that is. No. I don't know about that. All right. Well, uh, thank you Cheers. so much to yeah. British Guy for Pro- being with yeah. us. Bang on, mate. It's a proper, proper podcast you've got here. I love your stuff. And uh, keep it going straight away. I mean, thank you. Right thank to the you. top for you guys. Uh, thank you to everyone who submitted questions. Sorry if we didn't get to all of them. Yeah. Um, we're always here, though. Send them back next time, and we will try to get to them. And uh, thank you to you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.